previously on the Natural Lifestyles podcast. So the first kind of primary tip that I want to give you in terms of how to be fascinating and interesting is to become more interested, to become more fascinated, to have a real sense of curiosity about three broad areas, I would say. That is yourself, the world around you, and people. Number two when it comes to being a fascinating man is essentially to not believe anything completely. If you want to be a fascinating man, you actually have to be confused because otherwise you're not learning, right? You have to be frustrated. You have to be enthralled. You have to be infuriated by the ever-changing complexity and uh, impossibility of understanding what it is to be alive and be a human in this time and place. But that is fucking fascinating. I'm not saying that you will gain nothing out of joining or immersing yourself into a particular subculture or belief system or practice, because within many, what I would say, uh, very rigid dogmas, there are also amazing things involved. So I highly recommend throughout your travels, throughout the adventures of your life, that you throw yourself into different ways of being and doing. Welcome to the Natural Lifestyles Podcast with your hosts, James Marshall and Liam McRae, where we will be diving deep into the issues of modern masculinity, seduction, dating, lifestyle design, sexuality, psychedelics, you name it. This is the Natural Lifestyles Podcast. Explore the time and space that you're alive in. At any snapshot in history, if we you know, take a snapshot of the world on this date in 2022, around the planet there are almost everything that has ever happened in humanity is going on. There are still hunter-gatherers living untouched in forests in the Amazon, right? There are large-scale industrial wars going on right now. There are experiments in all sorts of different religions and societies and lifestyles and subcultures. All these things are going on at once. Right now on the earth, there are many places which are literally hell on earth, right? Which you would rather die than be in them. And there are places where it is literally heaven and where all of your pleasures and joys and interests can be explored. For a lot of people on the planet, they don't really get much choice at all about whether they stay in their hell or they stay in their heaven or whether they can explore the world around them and take the best of it because of the situation they were born in. Most people who live in North Korea will be locked there for their entire lives. It doesn't matter how many vision boards they put up or how much they hustle or uh, how good their mindsets are. When you live in an absolute autocracy like that, you're fucked, more or less. So there are lots of places in the world where you don't get these choices, but for many of us, especially in the Western world, in the industrialized world, in the more or less free world, and we can argue about how free it is, but the reality is I get to spout more or less what I want on this channel and people will listen to it. No one's gonna come and arrest me and put me in a box for that yet. So I consider that to be freedom enough. So with that being said, as a man who is wishing to explore himself and the world at large in a way that is not average or mediocre because if that's what you wanted you wouldn't come to a channel like this you wouldn't seek out advice on how to become more interesting or how to live a better life you'd be like cool this is what i'm allocated this is the best i'm going to get it's the median average of what everyone else around me gets dependent on a bunch of factors to do with demographics and income and looks and so on and so that's my life and i'll just accept that and it'll lead me along as if i'm just sitting on a raft in a stream being taken down the river to wherever it takes me, to joy, to horror, to pleasure, to frustration, and ultimate death, who knows, that will lead me along the way. Most people live their lives to a greater or lesser degree in this way. They are more often shifted by the currents around them than they are steering the boat. 
But for those men who want to live extraordinary lives, not so that they can impress people with how interesting they are, but because then they get to have had that lived experience for that 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years or whatever you had on the planet, that you really drank the juice of it, right? That you really immersed yourself into it, to the people that you're with, to the nature and the surroundings, to the culture and the adventures, to the erotic masterpieces that you can create in the bedroom and out. So what I'm suggesting here is that you look at this world in this snapshot of this time and place that we all exist on together at the moment and you think deeply about is this place and the people that I've surrounded myself with or have surrounded themselves with me is this going to give me this juice that James speaks of right because maybe you're in a third tier city and 100 kilometers away there is a top tier city where all the shit that you want to do and all the people that you want to meet are there yet there's this 200 kilometer distance which may as well be 10,000 miles. You never bridge it because you don't think outside of the box and you're not trying to, or not effectively trying to milk the best out of life. In my life, like when I was a young guy, I used to think, oh, I wish I was born in the 60s in San Francisco because I wanted to be a hippie and it looked like you got laid easily and there was LSD and rock and roll music and people had long hair and that was cool back then. And I used to think I was born in the wrong time and place. I got over that pretty quickly as I realized that the, the right time and place was out there at all times. And so when I was 18 and I left high school, I went and worked on an orange farm and had a really bizarre experience living in the desert, working my ass off, saving money, meeting all these strange characters, and then went traveling around Asia, India, Indonesia, with my best buddy when I was 18, eating mushrooms, chasing girls, going to temples, meditating, exploring the different cultures, the foods, the sights, the smells, Right, I end up in, in India getting embroiled with a bunch of uh, very charming gangsters who ripped me off for everything that I had, basically kidnapped me without me even knowing it, extorted money out of my father without me knowing it, sent me back home to find that I'd been robbed. Right? And then I go on, and then when I'm 22, I go to China with nothing in my pocket because I had a dream and a, and a, a passion for Chinese martial arts, and I wanted to go to the place where it was happening. And I went there in 2002, and I met the last abbot of Shaolin Temple and I learned from him personally. I learned from, in my mind, the greatest masters that are alive today. Two years later, when I went back to that temple, everything had changed. The abbot had died, the Chinese government had taken over, replaced all the real monks with basically kind of Disneyland Kung Fu acrobats. And that time and place, for me anyway, as a Westerner coming in to try and get this uh, particular wisdom and learn these skills, it was over. Right, that two-year window, everything had changed. But I was there. I was there at the right time because I took the risk. Because I decided I'm broke, I got nothing, but what I want more than anything is to get to China and learn this thing at that point in my life. And so I made it happen. That experience of those months in the temple back then has reverberated through my entire life. I learned particular skills, ways of being, mindsets, philosophies that I have kept with me throughout my life. I also became far more fearless, right? When a guy in his early 20s decides to uproot, go to the middle of China speaking no Chinese language, by myself, figuring it out, learning to go and approach strangers, to ask them for help, to find out where this teacher is that, and that knows this teacher and so on, sitting in front of essentially the, my hero, Shu De Chao, this uh, Kung Fu monk, and saying, can I learn from you? Because I turned up and I had the audacity and the humility to go there and request. And he says, yeah, okay tomorrow five o'clock let's get started and so I found myself living in 
a kung fu movie. Living in my, living within my fantasy world of the young man training on his warrior path with his ancient masters, getting these secrets which are dying out, right? And that's how I've continued to live my life throughout my time on the planet, is that I want to be where the thing is happening, right? I want to go to the, to the gorgeous natural places before they're all gone. When there's a popping scene in a place like Belgrade or Kiev, like it was last, the last few years, was the most amazing, vivacious, crazy city to live in, right? And now it's not, because things change, because what was amazing crumbles, right? There are times and places where thinkers, artists, lovers, and so many more are popping. And once they get amongst each other, you start to create a scene where people start cross-pollinating ideas or challenging each other. I remember when I first moved to Melbourne in uh, like 2005, six, to join the music scene, came with my band and we wanted to play music and we got involved in the scene. And at that time, there just happened to be about a dozen or 20 exceptionally good jam, funk, reggae, hip hop bands in Melbourne. Really, really good musicians, good lyricists, exceptionally good at playing off each other and so we would find ourselves playing with these musicians that blew us away they would get up and shred and we would be shocked and it inspired us because we we're like we're nowhere near as good as those guys they have the funk or that guitarist can shred or that horn player can blow and so that inspired us to become the best musicians that we could be we were part of that little zeitgeist that time and space in melbourne of those 10 different venues 20 or 30 bands that were all vying with each other to outdo each other, to outshred each other, to be more funky. And so everyone grew out of that time and space came exceptionally good music. And then, you know, if, if I decided to just stay in Canberra where I was playing with my band and there was two other bands in town and one venue, we would have never got any better. And we certainly wouldn't have gotten any success or fame or chicks that we did get a little bit of once we moved to the big city. So in order to be a fascinating, interesting man, it's definitely going to help if you go where the fascinating and interesting things are happening. Explore this planet, explore the world. I've harped on about this for many years, about how easy and cheap it is to travel the planet. Now, I'm not saying that's, it's not for, not for everybody, it's not. For us. Some people have very difficult situations. Some people have passports that are awesome and some that suck. But in general, if you wanted to be a world traveler, you know, in the 15th, 16th century, that was a really risky business. That meant weeks and months at sea. That meant no international law. It meant that people would raid and kidnap you and murder you. It meant that coming in contact with weird diseases. It meant complete lack of communication because nobody spoke each other's languages once you went a few districts over. So it was really only the extremely brave or reckless or desperate that did these kinds of travels or the extremely wealthy and privileged. But in this time and place, you can get on a cut price airline and go to another city for the same cost as a meal, right? You can, you can travel and explore the world from your home through the use of the internet, make networks, research, come in contact with essentially the entire canon of wisdom of the history of humanity. It's all there, right? And how much of the time do you choose to spend on that as opposed to watching cat memes or endless YouTube videos? We tend to do a lot of uninteresting things, to put a lot of emphasis and time into actually being boring, predictable and mediocre. Because we absorb boring, predictable, mediocre media, we surround ourselves with exactly the same type of people, we share the same belief systems, we agree on the same stuff, we disagree on the same stuff, we know who's right, which is us, and we know who's wrong, which is everybody else. And as a result, you stall. 
you become an immobile lump of a human to a greater or lesser degree. And that's not interesting. And if you don't want to be interesting, fine. If you want to have a life which is predictable, where the answers are laid out for you, where you know where you stand, who you are, what you stand for, and you're not going to fall for anything else, all power to you. Most people are like that, and it's probably better for your mental health in the long run. But I don't care about that. I want to know the truths. I want to have the experiences. I want to be surprised. I want to be proven wrong. I want to be challenged. Right? I want to be bowled over and flabbergasted by the intense, absolute, insane amazingness of what is all around me at all times. And as a result of that, or a side effect of that, people think you're interesting. My final tip for today, tip number four, which is to be vulnerable. It's in style now, actually. Like, if I look at kind of gurus, you know, spiritual teachers, life coaches, and so on, when I was coming up in the industry 10 years ago, and if you look further back, the image that was presented was always of the ubermensch, of the perfect man or woman, of the person that is living exactly in their truth and doing exactly everything that they say you should do, and they are effective and happy and positive all the time and perfect. And that's usually not the actual case. I think there's an old saying, don't ever meet your heroes, right? Because once you come and meet someone who you have projected onto because of their skill level or their understanding or the way they look or something, that they are a hero to you and you get closer and you find out, oh, they're actually just a human. They have things about them that make them a bit of a dick sometimes. They, uh, you know, are not as intelligent as I thought, or they are not as emotionally stable as I thought, or that person who is supposed to be a spiritual guru also smokes and drinks and bangs hookers, which is something I found out with some of the monks in China. So it's not true when you're trying to present this. And it's very, I've, I've never met somebody who is actually a perfectly actualized human being. I've met people who are really at ease with themselves, who know themselves well. And this is what I'm talking about. If you learn to become vulnerable, this means that you learn to come to peace with or become at ease with the fact that you are deeply flawed. Yes, you and me, and all of us. We are walking wounded. We are fractured. We are selfish. We uh, live in our own small little worlds and think about our own petty, small little recriminations and issues all the time. We talk to ourselves all day, and most of what we're saying is extraordinarily boring and predictable. Right? There's all these things about ourselves that we might not be completely happy with or proud of, but they are very human. And someone who is an interesting, fascinating, charismatic person Often, one of the aspects that makes them so fascinating is how raw and real they are. The ability to admit fault, to admit ignorance, to go through heartbreaks or addictions or deep sadnesses and to roll around in them and have them almost destroy you and then to find some kind of way out of those and to learn something from them. To be humbled by life, to not walk around feeling bulletproof and arrogant all the time because it's not the real reality, is it? We're not bulletproof. Right? We're not gods. We are merely mortals. Vulnerability is something that makes you actually very relatable. It makes you likable. It makes people feel at ease and they can relax around you because they know they're not perfect. They know that they have their demons, they have their problems, their addictions, the aspects of themselves that are ugly. And most people are trying to hide those things all the time, to put on the perfect face, to front face as an Instagram photo where everything is perfect. But it's not, is it? Can't be. It's life. It's vastly imperfect. And so when you're somebody that's able to reveal things about yourself, 
to admit your clumsiness, to not need to be right about any, everything or anything. When someone starts to talk about a topic that they know a lot about and you know a little bit about, instead of going, oh yeah, yeah I've heard of that, I know what that's about, saying, ah, oh, I don't know much about that, tell me more. And I will be the humble student. I will maintain my beginner's mind. And I will admit and own my mistakes and my flaws. Now, of course, you could take this much too far. If every single person you meet, you immediately go, all right, let me tell you about all my childhood traumas, about all my health ailments, about my dirty perversions, about everything that I hate about myself or that's not good about myself. Of course, that's going to be too much. And then you can become someone whose identity is based around their ailments or based around their problems. Right, so I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that if you can be a man that is a walking, wounded, warrior god, who is also pathetic and broken and complex and confused, this is, by its nature, a fascinating combination. You are living within the paradox of what it means to be a human being. Right? You are a striving, powerful man that wishes to do good and break through his personal limitations, and you're also a pathetic, selfish greedy little monkey that just wants sugar and to jerk off and to feel comforted and to live in a little safe box. We all have those elements within us and to deny them is to deny your humanity. It's to lie to yourself and to others. So you can take this away and it's a bit of a relief I find because it means we don't need to hold up our masks and armor all the time. We do need masks and armor in certain situations. When we go to work, we have to have our game face on. If we're dealing with the cops arresting us, we have to act in a certain way, right? There's all these different roles that we may need to play during our life. But whenever we can, we want to be able to drop these masks. We want to meet people raw, real, and honest. Again, doesn't mean I need to tell everyone all of my life story and all my traumas and all my deepest, darkest thoughts and feelings straight away. But I will need to tell someone that, right? I will wish to and need to share that with people around me and I wish for them to do that with me as well because that's where we really get to become more and more in love, in fascination, in curiosity with each other. This is the keys to not just being a guy that people think is awesome and cool because you've gone to exotic places, done incredible things and here are the trophies that you brought home. That's all well and good and I certainly have done quite a bit of that but the things that really nourished me along the way were the human experiences that I had. Right? It was the people that I met, those long conversations into the night over some cheap rice wine. It was those moments of sharing tears, sorrow with people, or absolute joy and laughter with people. Sometimes people I didn't even speak the same language as. I was there at those points, at those times and places in history that I got to experience while I'm alive, where it was popping, where people were really interested and vivacious and trading ideas and building cool lives. Right? So... It's a choice about whether you wish to become a boring or an interesting person. It's a practice too. If you want to become a boring person, you will need to practice. And it's going to take a long time. It's going to mean repeating the same behaviors over and over again, absorbing the same information over and over again, narrowing your viewpoint and your ideologies to a single point. It's going to mean not stepping outside of your bubble, not meeting new people, not interacting with different cultures or ways of being and doing. And if you do that, I guarantee, I can promise you 100%, that you will become a boring person. And the flip side is true too. It is a way of life. It is a practice. It is an attitude to think, I want to be interesting and I want to be interested. Yeah, I want people to be curious about me and I want to be curious about them. 
if I'm only interested in girls with this particular shape and hair, and it's like I only want to meet those women because I want to fuck that body, and everyone else except for my family and my three friends is irrelevant, you will be a very boring person. You will miss out on the vast majority of the richness of life, right? Because your discernment, your decision to discriminate has narrowed your world down into a tiny little bubble. As a result, the rest of the world will not give a shit about you. It won't really engage with you any more than it needs to. It certainly won't give you its richness. So those are my top tips on how to become a fascinating, interesting man. This has been James Marshall walking around my farm. I hope you liked it and I hope you found it fascinating and interesting and I'll see you in the next video. Peace. Thanks so much for listening to the Natural Lifestyles Podcast. Check us out on YouTube at The Natural TV. See you on the next episode.